I'm Paul Tizard. I run Fear Flying Courses and I've been helping people to overcome their fear in 30 days or less. Now, today's session, I'm talking about how do you actually build a fear and maintain it? And this is something that I've toyed with for years and years and years. People will often say to me, oh, I've got this fear and I'm stuck with it. I can never get rid of it. And I don't agree. I absolutely do not agree. I think that when you have a fear of flying, that it is learned and learning a fear is like learning anything else. So one of the things I would say about this is that there is hope for you. So you don't have to believe that that's the end of it, that you're stuck with this fear, because remember that fear is made. It's not something that we're born with, not the fear of flying anyway. So nobody arrives with the fear of flying. We arrive with a couple of other default fears, but it is not the fear of flying. So it's learned. So the great news about this is anything that's been learned, you can always learn something new, which I think is massively reassuring. So let me give you some ideas around this. So an exercise I often get people to think about is if you're going to learn a fear from scratch. So imagine you don't have a fear of staplers you know <laughs> paper staplers you don't have a fear of it whatsoever i know you're thinking that's ridiculous why would i want to fear why would anyone have a fear of that now the thing about fear is it doesn't actually distinguish or discern what the fear should be whether there's some fears that are better than others fear is a fear so once your brain has decided whatever that is envelopes staplers octopus flying that's a threat my brain won't want to go near it and that's the that's the rub you see so once you to start to think about something being scary for you then that fear that fear will just be there and it just creates itself it maintains itself and your brain will try and keep you away from the very thing that you're scared of so let me give you this rubbish example okay so we're going to look at imagine you've got a fear of staples so how would you get that so you don't have one now and now I'm going to teach you how to get one. Yay. What a result. No, maybe you don't want to learn a new fear, but this is just to get you to think about this because actually the process is the same for any fear. So in my mind, I don't think that fear of flying gets any special preference over any other fears because as far as the person, the host organism is concerned, whatever it is that they're fearful of is a threat to them. So it doesn't matter whether it's flying, whether it's spiders, whether it's enclosed spaces, whether it's falling, whether it's heights, whether it's envelopes, whether it's staplers, whether it's octopus, as far as that person is concerned, that is a threat and that's all that matters to them. So let's be really clear about this. Learning a fear is a fear. A fear is a fear. I know that seems really obvious, but once we've decided that something is a threat to us, then we will be fearful of it. We'll try to avoid it. So this is how you learn to be scared of a, of a stapler. So imagine you don't have a fear right now, but now you think, oh, I'm going to see if I could develop one for a laugh. Not for a laugh, but just as a practice. So you, you start to Google stapler injuries. What would happen if I was infected by a stapler? What could happen to me and really think about that so google it 
People have perhaps died or gone into septic shock from staples. I know it sounds crazy, but once your brain starts locking onto stuff, you then you find more and you find more, and then you might watch a documentary on staplers and the hidden enemy. Now, I'm being lighthearted about this because hopefully nobody has got a fear of staplers. But if you do, we'll talk about what you do about it in a second. So that's how you would get it. You just keep looking at stuff which is unhelpful to you until you believed these things are fundamentally dangerous. So that's step one. So you've built the fear now, but we need to maintain it. It takes effort. So what I need to do now is avoid staplers. I need to find some other way of using staplers which include the ritual so I might only touch a stapler with a big oven glove on or I might ask somebody else to staple for me because I won't risk it. Maybe I'll go and get my tetanus updated well, religiously every five to ten years because I'm worried that I could get infected by one of those nasty staplers. And I'm going to keep watching those programs because this fear and I'm going to tell everybody I know about it as well just to really share some of the, the drama with them. Now, I mean lighthearted about this because I'm talking about a lighthearted subject, but it actually it's quite serious that once we learn something and we maintain it, that's what we do with fear. So I know it's a very basic way of thinking about it, but I think it's helpful rather than putting it up there as a kind of, oh, you know, I'll never get rid of this. It's that's it. That's it. You know, so I think it's it's once you start to shake a fear, it's possible for them to unsettle it. And then it has less hold over you. So how do you get rid of a fear? Or you might go on a fear of staplers course, okay, if such a thing existed. Or you might start watching videos which are more helpful. Or you might have some help. You might go to talking therapies. But what you do is you start. So the best thing that you can do, the most fundamental thing that you can do is to start. So as soon as you start walking towards a fear and you start addressing it like, I've got to do something about this. We're off. We're cooking. You know, the minute you start to walk towards that fear and start to fight it, and you start to do some things, you'd be amazed what can happen. OK, so that's the trick. That's how you learn a fear. That's how you maintain it. And that's how you start to shake it apart and learn something different. And that, my friends, is how you get rid of a fear of flying as well. Because you think about how did you learn a fear of flying? Who knows? Some people know it was that flight or it could have been. I was always a bit unsure of it. And then one day I had kids or I got made redundant from work or something happened and that was it. Boom. I just had the fear. And then I maintained it. I kept doing the same things. And as Henry Ford says, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So you keep doing the same things, but expect different results. I know if I have a good flight, then that could reverse it. Or it doesn't work like that. You've got to have a good flight and you've got to have a bad flight and still be fearless because what is a good and a bad flight? It took off, it landed. That's a good flight. So you might have had turbulence, you might have had a horrible weather, you might have had a rubbish seat, you might not have enjoyed it, but you were safe. So as far as I'm concerned, when the number of landings equal the number of takeoffs, that's what we call a good flight. Because everything else is being controlled and cared for by other people. So you don't need to think about that. So who knows what the trigger was, but once it's been triggered and then you keep maintaining it by doing the same behaviours, it becomes habitual and it becomes super, super, super quick to become scared of flying. 
So at some point, you have to do the obvious thing, which is obvious for me, obviously, doesn't mean it's obvious, and that's enough time saying obvious, start to do something different. And the second you start, you will experience two things, relief that you're doing something about it, and then an increase in symptoms because you're doing something about it. And that's the way the brain works, because part of it wants to get rid of it, and the other part wants to keep hold of it, because it's like, ooh, that was a threat. Now I think about fear of flying, that it's not, that some people say, oh, I'm irrational, I'm irrational. I don't think it's irrational, actually. I think this, let's look at it a different way, a more helpful way. It's an incorrect assessment of risk. So it's not a correct assessment of risk. So your risk assessment needs some work, yeah? So if you think that flying was like a 50-50 chance, then being fearful of it was completely rational. So once you start to think about the assessment in a correct way, then you can go, okay, so I know that it's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage that's a chance of something could happen to me. However, I'm still scared of it. But we don't apply that criteria to other elements of our life where there is true risk. So we have to question ourselves rationally. Now, I'm not just saying, oh, just think positive, that's it. But what I'm trying to do is get you in the front of the brain where we've got all the rational human intelligence stuff and you believe I can do something about this. I wasn't born with this. Or do we stick to this part back here? So when the blood goes to this part of the head, we're in that much more fight, flight, freeze type, you know, much more reactive state. And that's less helpful for where we need to operate from to start addressing our fear of flying. So the main tip is to start. And this is hopefully what you're doing by enrolling on this programme watching the videos, listening to the podcasts. This is all great stuff because we're starting to reverse the habits that we may have had for a while. So hope you found that useful. If you have any questions or anything like that, you can always drop me an email, paul at lovefly.co.uk. Check out our website, lovefly.co.uk and take care and see you again soon.